Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast. I'm speaking with Nina Mongendre today, who is the creator of Inner Child and Beyond Oracle Deck, along with Edie Art. Me and Songs of Eden just released 10 songs based on the first 10 cards in this deck. And we made a podcast episode about each one of those, except for these last three. So this is the conclusion of that podcast series. We begin speaking with Nina, though. I want to share a prayer from this uh, book that I received by Scott Shacklin called Soulful Encounters, which is a prayer book, which is something that I was not familiar with until um, I received it. And um, apparently there are prayer books for many different religions. I didn't grow up religious, so um, I wasn't really aware of this. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I suppose um, a nitnam, which is the Sikh prayer book, is a prayer book. So that's funny. I'd never sort of made that connection. Um, but anyway, this is the morning prayer that he shares. And I thought this would be a beautiful way to open the podcast. Divine love source of all creation, I greet this new day with gratitude and reverence. As the sun rises, I awaken to the beauty of life and the infinite possibilities it holds. Grant me the wisdom to embrace this day with love, to see the divine essence in all beings I encounter. Guide my thoughts, words, and actions that they may reflect your compassion and kindness. May I be a channel of peace and healing, spreading joy and understanding wherever I go. Help me remember that each moment is a precious gift to be lived fully and with purpose. In your boundless love, I find strength and inspiration. May your divine presence guide me throughout this day, and may I serve as an instrument of your universal love. Amen. All right, here we go. So we are wrapping up, Nina. We <laughs> unfortunately, Edie could not join us today, but we will um, have her in spirit here and her beautiful artwork is here anyway. So she will not be, um, or she will be included anyway. Um, so we have three more cards that we released songs for, but didn't discuss in a podcast, which are needs, friendship, and acceptance. So do you have a... That was the order that I released the songs in, I think, but we could do it in any order. Do you have like one that is drawing or calling to you more yeah, than the I feel others? Like needs is such a needs. Like it comes up so often in this work with whenever as adults, we're looking at our inner child or even our generational patterns. It's such a, the perfect introduction to like, where, where am I and where is the other, right? Because the, that's how we explore that boundary. Like I need this, but this person might need something else. How do we come to terms respectfully with those different needs? And our parents had to do their own version of that, right? Because a mm. child is by essence, extremely needy. I was saying this in a workshop last week where we, we played the songs that you've created. It was so beautiful. I taught an inner child healing workshop. And we explored this in the sense that in a way, like if it was up to a toddler, let's say, or an infant, they would not care if the mother sleeps or eats or meets a single one of her needs, hmm. right? By essence, they, they, they have to be selfish in that way. And it really is up to the parent to be responsible, to be an adult and to say, listen, like, I need this now. 
Um, but when we get our needs trampled on, when we haven't been taught, it has not been modeled, we often go then to resentment or overgiving and getting mm. angry um, or becoming on the other extreme, you know, maybe just not caring for others. Um, so needs, I feel, are the key and actually connecting to friendship, right? Mm. Uh, if we want to have fulfilling friendships with others, uh, we have to be conscious and communicate, right? What is mm. my need in this relationship? Because it's not just a give, 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 or take, take, take. Like mm. needs involve respect and listening and understanding and effort and compromise. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I'm thinking about as you're talking about needs is something that I've been kind of exploring in my own processing, which is this... <sighs> this conflation of like what I need and the fact that it's not being met, what I feel that means about myself. Like if somebody is not meeting the needs that I need to be giving to myself, if that's the best way to put it, if, if I'm not meeting my own needs, then I am transferring onto someone else, this idea that they don't care about me, mm -hmm. you know, when I need to turn that back on myself and go, no, I need to care about me, <laughs> you know, yes. and it's, and it's so easy to see. I think, well, I can't say everybody sees this with their children, but it's a lot easier to see with a toddler that like, they just can't see that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not personal that your toddler doesn't want to meet your needs or doesn't care that you meet your needs. It's just right. not part of their worldview at this point. Right. So that's like the best, I think probably the safest zone to explore that in. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. also the most challenging too, because of so many needs that they have, but um, just this idea that, yes, I, I need to care about myself. I also have to believe that that's not selfish, which is something that we were taught. A lot of us were taught um, and that it doesn't mean anything when somebody doesn't know what I need. Yes. You know, it's absolutely the key to every adult relationship, right? And I'm, I'm not saying I've mastered this in any way. Shape, <laughs> right? Like I've known my husband many years and we're still working. I'm, I'm personally not great at this, like not great at saying, hey, like, you know, to be vulnerable, it's vulnerable. Yeah. Like I kind of had this like little fortress, like I, I don't need anyone. It's a total illusion, right? But that's just how I grew up as a little girl. I'm like, I can do it all myself. I'm not going to ask for help. And it takes year it takes years to unravel this and to feel mm. safe enough, right? To be speaking of acceptance, right? We're looking at that card too, to accept that you are human and you have needs and you're not immune to like failing or or the person saying no. I think that's a lot of the fear, right? We mm. want to assume the person reads our mind just like we think our we want our parents to know exactly what we need at any moment, which is it's not realistic. Like our parents are not God. They also have their own needs and limitations, mm -hmm. but in partnership, like what you were saying, we have to say like, Hey, could you do this? Or this is a need I have. Would you be willing to, mm -hmm. and the person can say yes or no, they can accept the need or they might never. And you have to like, I agree completely with you in the end, we can't expect the other to meet it because mm -hmm. they don't have capacity to like fill yeah. a void. And so if it's a need, let's say, and I think it's helpful to give people examples because until recently, like a few years ago, I didn't even, I couldn't have named to you what needs were in, in a more complex way. So predictability, for example, that can be a need that I might have, but you might have the opposite need. 
you might have a need for freedom and flow and and more like unpredictability mm -hmm. right some people want their day to be unpredictable and sometimes I feel like that some days and my kids have a need for predictability so it's mm. how do we negotiate that a need for safety I think we as humans all have so they're common needs that we have but then there are these needs that almost become preferences right so it can become a more complex subtle discussion of like what is a need what is a preference what is a boundary right there's like a mm. whole it's it's a very interesting field where as soon as we come into contact with anyone else there's a there has to be an awareness of this and openness around discussing this yeah that predictability versus I guess freedom or yeah. that's that's a really that's a really interesting one I think too is that getting you know getting into the when you when you get into more clarity and sort of more attunement to your, you know, higher states of consciousness, right? You have to understand that everybody's needs can be met in a way, you know, at it, not maybe the way that their ego thinks that it needs to be met, but everyone's needs can be met. It's not as, you know, it's not a zero sum game. I don't win when someone else is, when someone else loses. Yes. You know, I, that's really important. So what you said is very wise because the way I think a lot of us were grew up is that be quiet. like, you get what you get, you don't get upset, right? Like as if it's a sacrifice or by meeting your request, your desire, your need, you're taking it away from someone else. But I agree with you, you're not, right? Mm -hmm. So if your needs are met for safety, predictability, connection, freedom, simplicity, whatever they might be, inspiration, beauty, order, um, whatever it might be, then you can nourish me in our friendship, let's say, or mm. if we're in a relationship, if you're my parent, I can then receive much more and my needs then get met. If you're depleted and you're just giving on zero and you know running around resentful, nobody is getting anything out of this. And so, yeah, yeah it's completely interconnected. Yeah, that was a really, um, uh, that was the the present model for me. I think growing up was like, well, I sacrificed for you, so you must sacrifice for me. And who that just that mm -hmm. that is not that does not work in the long term. You know, mm -hmm. when you're doing something for somebody, so that with this idea that like, well, now they need to feel grateful. You know, it's this completely transactional, you know, yeah. thing, and it's it that's like business it's not relationships you know yeah right it's not quantifiable like in a way I think out of fear we try to quantify like I give you or I raised you therefore now you mm -hmm. give me x but you can't quantify like yeah. what has happened during those years and then the person has changed right the parent mm -hmm. is no longer the same and a child so this is important like in this work is that a child is not supposed to meet a parent's needs ever right? Like by nature, that is not the right order. Like that really actually creates a big distortion. And we all have done this, right? We've tried to take care of a parent, even just with our like wanting to rescue or wanting to help or feeling their pain. And it's it's an impossible task yeah. uh, to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because that, that was actually my assigned role. It felt like in my family, was was meeting particularly my mother's needs mm -hmm. probably my father's too but he didn't request it outright right um 
It's very interesting. And I think that that created a lot of pain because my, was I ever unequipped? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like imagine now that we're adults more or less, right? Again, like imagine, right? Like it's, it's very so difficult to know what we need for ourselves. Yeah. Forget about trying to guess what a parent needs. And you're a child, right? It's, just, <laughs> it's a totally impossible situation. Yeah. 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 It's so, it's so crazy. These, the, I don't know, I guess the way that the way that the parent child dynamic is, you know, in everyone's mind, I think if you asked everyone, like, you know, is it a child's responsibility to meet their parents' needs? I think pretty much across the board, we might all agree. No, yet probably it's still, it's still like an unconscious, you know, sort of thing that, well, yes, they need to meet my need for quiet. They need to meet my need for, you know, going to bed at the right time or not talking back or, um, I don't know, you know, whatever else it is, or, you know, living up to their potential or, you know, whatever, um, they're making me feel fulfilled as a parent, Mm -hmm. you know, exactly. Right. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's, we should bring Edie into it too. So, well, you know, in spirit, um, (laughs) just this, this towering stack of, um, of animals, uh, is the, the card that represents the, the needs. And there's this, um, one child that is reaching for a pink star and the other one that's reaching for a yellow star standing on, it's actually very precarious. They're standing on, um, you know, these antlers, they're trying to sort of reach for everything they need, but nobody looks stressed out. You know, that panda is almost sleeping. The, the elephant is, it's very, it's a very comforting sort of understanding that like, look, actually that girl who's sitting almost cross-legged, her needs are very easy. That's how I would interpret it. Her needs are pretty simple, you know, but this one at the top, she needs a lot of support (laughs) to reach that, you know, that really high star how, what what do you read in, into this? Uh, exactly. Yeah, I love how you described it. And, and that's what I love about this image and why I chose it for needs because there's such softness. And I think we can easily get into the, I need this and you need that. And this is not going to work right around needs. Or like you said, in parenting, like I need quiet right now and you guys are screaming. So how on earth is this, can this be reconciled? But when we soften and we have compassion, right, for the ultimate vulnerability to be human, right? And in this card, there is just this beautiful softening. And like, I love how they're passing each other the star. It's almost like, okay, let's support you. And then we can reach higher and higher and higher. Mm. And we can do great things with each other. But there has to be working together, right? So they're working together because the one little kid at the top she could never reach that one if there weren't all these Mm. other animals who are supporting her, right? And in that moment, they're making an agreement, but the next day it could be a different order. It could be another pyramid or, you know, situation Mm. or interaction. So that's what we have to know too, is that our needs evolve, they change. It's not like a fixed rigid thing. Mm. It's something that ultimately in the end, like what are our needs to be seen, to be loved, to be heard, right? Yeah comes back it's you know to feel that somebody really uh loves us for as we are and that's the ultimate need of any child as well and and as adults we have the same needs Hmm. Um, so that's why i really do love that the softness and the support that is Hmm. in her painting 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love the, the, um, the thing you said about, uh, how everybody needs to work together to, you know, just, oh yeah, that's really beautiful. I hadn't. Yeah. 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 I, well, I don't have anything else to say about that. That was, that was quite perfect. I think. <laughs> So let's move on to friendship, because as you said, that sort of dovetails into the needs um, conversation. And I'm curious, like, are, because I know you said that, what did you say? Oh, that the mother card, that that attracted a lot of attention um, from people when you share these cards. Do you, do you find that like needs and or friendship are as popular or like, People, it, you know, the friendship card doesn't bring up as many like triggers, right? So when mm. people pull it in a circle or in a reading, they're like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, it's kind of a warm, comforting, reassuring card. And the mother one is as well, but it, it, it leads to more pondering and maybe not for everyone, right? For some, yeah. some of us, friendship can be, there's pain in friendship, right? There is yeah. abandonment. There can be all of this can come up. Like as I watch my girls, my older one is 10, and she has you know, two great friends, but I can see how, you know, when they fight or when they argue, like there's heartache. This is how we learn about heartache, right? We mm -hmm. start to practice. What do I need? What do I want to play? What do you want to play? Like, this is where it begins as children, like that negotiation mm -hmm. around expressing these things and being able to compromise, right? And, and kind of the girls are, I love this image of them in the tent. You know, there's something so cozy and nourishing and so I thought it was important to include friendship in the deck because to me at least like it, my friendships even if I don't see because I have friends and you know met some live very far away mm -hmm. just knowing that you have this thread that carries you through and even if you speak to each other just once a year it kind of lives it continues growing right throughout time I'm sure you've felt that too mm -hmm. where you don't have to be in each other's physical presence as adults but that these friendships um they're really important because they're not your children they're not your partner they're not family members it's a whole other realm and quality and vibration of relationship that is more selfless mm. is more compassionate you know or can be mm -hmm. and it can have that quality of like let's support each other just for the sake of of supporting each other like there's no agenda i feel in a friendship right you're not mm -hmm. in a business partnership and that's kind of, it feels unique in the world that we're living in. So like so much feels like it has to be uh, productive and quantifiable and like, why are we doing this? You know? So, yeah. 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 I agree. That's, that's a really nice way to view it. I think sometimes I sort of lament that I'm not in closer proximity to all these people yeah. that I love. Like, like I just found out that you were moving and I, I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't know, you know, but, but it's, it, you're you're right it it is um it is comforting to just know that you can kind of tie back in and I what I find so so beautiful about um friendships too is that we, when you when you do dive back in for the most part you know because you've picked these people in your more mature adulthood for the most part I think um or like ones from high school honestly but if when I meet back with them it's like we seem to have discovered similar things, you know, which is, yeah. I find really interesting. Like, 
<laughs> it's fascinating. I have the yeah. same experience with my friends, you know, like every six months and they're like, oh yeah, I'm reading this book. I'm like, I just read that. Or, you know, you're on the same, I believe there is some sort of field, right? Connecting all of us. And I think the the kindred spirits, right? That you're kind of evolving alongside, even yeah. if you're thousands of miles away. Yeah. Um, like you and I too, I remember so many conversations, you know, where we we would, we hadn't spoken in months or a year and then we're just exactly like dealing with the same challenges or having the same thoughts about something and that right. was happening you know in the world like we used to be part of like just all of that is it feels um it gives me hope because you know of course I would love to live next to all my friends and walk to their houses and unfortunately it's not the case right now yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah I guess that's the double-edged sort of the world that we live in too because if you did live near all your friends, you would not have the variety of friends that you have, right? Right. right. Um, it is the fact that they live a thousand, you know, however many miles away yeah. that gives them, you know, the um, the different perspective that they have, and the you know the reasons that maybe you know we're we're attracted to what they have to share. Um, so you know what's interesting about this um, card the friendship card for me is that, which I wasn't expecting at all. So I wrote a completely different, I wrote one song. I sent it off to Mons, which was the song that we ended up releasing. I sent it to Mons and he, he wrote out um, the whole score for it. But before he did that, I had actually written a completely different one. And I was like, this is so much better do this one instead, but he'd already done it. And we liked it so much that he was like, I, I, I think I just want to stick with this one. <laughs> and, and this was the song that got by far and away the most plays. It's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting at all. Like if you had asked me which of the 10 songs would, would play, would get the most plays, I would not have said yeah. this one. Wow. But it did. Yeah. Wow. Continues to interestingly. Huh. I, I guess that that's, I mean, are there, I, I don't know if there are that many songs about, friends honestly so maybe that just was a, a so, missing it's really funny it just made me think of my husband Mikhail he came from Soviet he grew up in Soviet Union and came to the U.S. in the early 90s and at 14 came to mm -hmm. the American boarding school and he always said this like that the biggest difference is just like in in Soviet Union the like friends were everything everything like you would give your life for your friends like if they called you at 2 a.m you would like without a question just go and help them out and there was it's just this like open-hearted and I think it's linked to how the society had to survive right like it was literally tied to it in our western you know American Canada like western world right European as well there's not such a need hmm. for friendship right it's more like well let me think about my individual success let me get married have kids not that people aren't craving for it, but just the way societies are set up and the amount of recognition and validation that you get is not tied to your friends right, at all. It's tied to money. What, where do you go to college? What do you do? Hmm. Uh, and so I'm wondering if there's a yearning because really like when I think of my life, if I could just have it, have anything to me, my ideal vision is, a, like a house where just my friends just come over like they don't call me they mm -hmm. come and walk downstairs and they're in my kitchen mm -hmm. making a meal. like what I just had this weekend we had mm -hmm. my cousins and friends staying and 
like nine kids running around and everybody's cooking together. And yes, it's chaotic, but it, it feels so right. Like it just feels so alive and beautiful and supportive. And so maybe we're all longing for that, right? Like that sense of community. For sure. I would love to hear if the listeners can tell us like, what, why, why do you love that song? Or what is it about that song that speaks to you the most? Like, I would love to hear more about this topic. Yeah. That's the, that's the strange part about releasing music is that I, I have no idea who's listening to it. Why, what they're using it for, yeah. unless they send me a message on Instagram or, you know, which some do, but um, for the most part, I don't know. So if you're out there and you, you did like the song, please um, can email me at inspired artist podcast at gmail.com and I'll share it with Nina. Um yeah, that's that, that house. Um, that was a, that was a vision that it was like my, my two or yeah, my, was my two, yeah, my, my two best friends when I was growing up in France, actually, we had this idea that we wanted to all one day live in this giant house <laughs> together. It, isn't that interesting that that was, I still like, feel, I still have feel kids at the same time. Yeah. And it's, I think it's inherently because this is how we used to live. In yeah. tribes. It was the only way to survive. And so yeah. I, I really genuinely feel it's in our DNA and it, this is what brings us the most happiness. Um, these nuclear family units, I, I don't know like how fulfilled we can ultimately be. It's too much no, pressure. It is too much pressure. It pushes, it puts too much pressure on the couple, I think yes. as yes. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just this idea, you know, like you were talking about in the beginning of feeling like you have to do everything for yourselves because you just that's uh, all you have are the people who live in your like, house yeah your poor <laughs> husband or partner or whoever yeah. it is like, you cannot meet all your needs right mm-hmm. there's a camaraderie in a in a in a home where you have like five other adults that are then re- relating to your children or even if you don't mm-hmm. have children like relating to you there's different quality of conversation there's yeah. there's like different personalities and i feel we need that like we are social creatures right mm-hmm. we're not meant to live in this in this isolated world in front of computers yeah um, it's probably um, why we like reality tv so much yes. to see like, <laughs> yeah it's true it's true like yeah. that curiosity about seeing other people in their environment yeah yeah well i'm not sure that it totally ties in but the last card that we have is acceptance i suppose it ties into everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does <laughs> um the so the image that we have here is of, to me, this is like a, a surrender. It's like a, you're, I mean, when you're in water like that, you're just trusting that the water is going to let you float, you know, obviously you're um, in acceptance in that state. And that's a, re- that's a, that's an easy one. Once you know how to float, like for my kids, that was not an easy one, actually. I don't know if you had the same experience, like, you know, mm-hmm. just lean back, you'll be fine. The water will, uh, you know, like they were really nervous to do that. But once they got the hang of it, it was like, oh yeah, the water does support me. Um, it's yeah. hard to trust that. And it's the same with us as adults, right? Can you really lean back and trust that life will support you? It's pretty yeah. scary. It's a very, um, it's a big, big, uh, like surrender and acceptance, you know, feels so interwoven to me. Um, it's, it's a big one. Like, mm-hmm. and I say it in the guidebook about this card is like, when you accept what was, 
and what mm. is, then you can be at peace. But you, I don't believe we can really be at peace until we accept mm. who our parents were. Mm. So we accept childhood as we had it. It doesn't mean it was ideal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they couldn't have done differently or better, but it means this is what was, mm-hmm. right? Can you accept that this was your mother? This was your father. This is what happened. Because until we accept it, there's like this, we're stuck, like we're not yeah. present and we don't have to forgive. Like the acceptance and forgiveness are different, right? And forgiveness might come later, but acceptance is the first stage to being more free and to loving ourselves. Because until yeah. we can accept like this is who we are, uh, like this, what I love about this image, and I was going at some point to call it surrender, but I decided to call it acceptance because I, I feel he's accepting, he or she is accepting or they, whatever. It's just that I like that it's not very clear. <laughs> you know, these are, that's what I love mm-hmm. about it too. Um, accepting the place in the world, like accepting mm-hmm. how big and central this figure is in a way. It's the focus of the whole image, but also how small. Mm-hmm. Right? When you think of the stars and the forest and and that's who we are like we're both very big very important very magical as human beings and we're also tiny and fleeting and you know it's it it is all of it together accepting our place um within our families our place as human beings on the earth our own soul soul's calling yeah acceptance just keeps layering itself into all facets of life yeah i do a lot of work and accept with acceptance like that's my that's my if I'm journaling that's that's what I'm trying to get to um one of the things that was brought to light that I found helpful for people who are listening to this too is that there's a difference between tolerance and acceptance so tolerance is where you sort of ignore that you're not accepting (laughs) um (laughs) and you just sort of grit your teeth and bear it like that's not that's not the experience of floating, you know, um, it's, it's real. there's really like a lightness to accepting. And one of the things that I realized, which was kind of a, an epiphany for me was that accepting that everything that happened turn has brought me to where I am today. I could not be who I am without everything that brought me doesn't mean that everything going forward needs to be difficult and challenging in order for me to become more you know so I like that a lot working with that that's really important yes like it doesn't have to be hard and a struggle in order to grow Hmm. right we can learn as much from floating and relaxing into life or maybe we learn more yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think you see there. the stars. You don't even know they're there, you know? No, and yeah. tolerance, right? Like, t- this is not tolerance, what you said. And in t- tolerance, we're just going to get resentful. It's the same thing as not meeting our needs, mm. right? Tolerance is like, mm, I'm just going to hold it in. I'm going like, to pretend <laughs> to accept. But right. like you said, there is so much I don't time. need anything. Yeah. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm great. I'll just have more ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If I drink, yeah, if I just drink a little bit more, I'll forget right. that I don't like this. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Which, you know, is why so many of us humans, like we, we all have our addictive patterns, but yeah. it's, it is a way of coping with that tolerance, with not meeting our needs, with not accepting the past, 
Yeah. Um, I've done that by the way. So I'm not judging those. Oh, we all have. <laughs> I probably still do like in the, yeah, year, no, exactly. Um, like, you know, yeah. all of it can be a distraction from, yeah. yeah. we're all, I don't think we're ever going to be all like done with anything. Right. No, so. no. <laughs> no, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong journey. That's, I, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this deck too, is that each time you go through it, you know, it's an endless, it doesn't necessarily go in order. It's an endless thing. Every time you pick a card, you're interacting with it in the space that you're in currently, you know, what, what am I not accepting right now? It might be different than what I wasn't accepting last year or yesterday, you know, it always is. Right. So it's a, it's a very cool, um, gift that keeps on illuminating. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say about acceptance? No, I love that. Is that one that you do? Um, how do you pick what you do in your workshops? So that's a good question. So when we did it, um, a month ago, a few weeks ago, what we did, we started with writing down, we started with a little journey, like imagining your inner child next to you. So just connecting. And, and again, like you, exactly what you were just describing, every day we work with a deck mm-hmm. or every day we imagine or connect with our inner child based on what's going on in your life, it, they will show up at a different age. Mm-hmm. And also, I just want to remind everyone, because I didn't always even think of this, but your inner child doesn't mean only childhood. Like I've worked recently, I think maybe I mentioned this, like my 25 year old self. So Mm. depending on the age you are, it just means a past version of you, right? That had a struggle or has a need, speaking of needs, it has a need in the moment. And so on that day, it might be your seven-year-old. On another day, it might be your teenager. It might be the 20-year-old. It's ever-evolving, ever-changing, like revealing different layers and facets. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did to begin the workshop is to, to visualize our brain or child, connect with them, and then imagine mom and dad, see how we feel in our body when we imagine our parents in the space. How does our inner child feel, right? Because right away you get a, a response or reaction. And then our lineage. And then we worked on descriptors, like my mother was. And we look at the language. Is the language, all these exercises are in the deck mm-hmm. that we did in the workshop. Um, my mom was, my father was, and we look at where am I still holding resentment? And then I had people write, I wish I had received more. A lot mm. of people said safety, connection, love. Mm. And so I, I invited everyone to look at where can they meet that need for themselves now, mm. right? Because mom and dad are done. Like they had their turn. You can't forever hope that they will meet these needs. And so a lot of the workshop was about that, like looking at our connection with our inner child and how we can meet those needs for our inner child. Because when you meet it for your inner child, guess what? You're meeting it for yourself now mm-hmm. in the moment. And then we listened to your song. We, I had everyone just imagine holding their inner child or, or holding their hand or having them playing in the space and just listening to the, you are never alone. Mm. And we just breathed and closed our eyes and meditated with that song. Yeah. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I wonder I'm when you 
when you've done so much of this inner child work as you have, does it influence the way that you look at adults now? Because yeah, yeah I would imagine it does. More compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, especially to me, it's been really life-changing to work with, with men because in, you know, women, like I, I feel, well, the women I've been hanging out with, like they're more open to even just going in and talking about this, right. And showing the vulnerability, or we talk about the younger self or childhood. But when I work with men, like it's been so beautiful. I had a few clients, you know, from all ages, like from 20 years old to mid sixties. Really? Yeah. And that seems so really young for a man to, to do. Is. That's, that's very inspiring. This, this generation, like these 20 year olds, <laughs> they're mind blowing. Like they can go to the work so quickly. So usually it's an hour and a half for my first session with adults. Mm. And then the young people I've been having, the 20 year olds, it's like, we just go right into the work because it's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's like, true too. you can go to it much faster and they're super receptive to like all to, to supporting and get it. They get the image, they get the picture. We worked with their future selves. Like it, it was very interesting. But then the older generations, like it just so, it just gave me so much compassion. You know, when you see a man in their sixties, who's really allowing the emotion and the tears and the hurt and trying to heal their relationship with their mother and father, mm-hmm. like at that age, right? Long after the parents have passed already and yeah. realizing that that little boy is still alive. like still very much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's cool. I would imagine that because I, I've been listening or I had been, I haven't been listening to her as much now, but by, I've been listening to a lot of Byron Katie. Are you familiar with? Yes. And yeah. she talks about how everyone is innocent. You know, every, it's just what you're thinking and believing about them. Everyone is innocent. And when, and I didn't kind of make this connection with the inner child, but yeah, if you're seeing everyone as having an inner child, who is stuck on something, I mean, there's, they're stuck in some paradigm of victim consciousness, you know, that they're, that they were, that they were victimized or traumatized in, in that moment. It's, I mean, you almost, you, can't, you almost can't see that, right? Like when some, when someone is acting out in a way where you're like, what is going on? You know, it's like, well, I wonder what, I wonder what like, aspect of them is actually reacting to this as opposed to you know this quote-unquote adult because it's pretty obvious to see when a five-year-old's having a tantrum right that they're not really upset about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich they're tired or you know they they feel neglected or they're bored or you know whatever it is but when it's like a 60 year old man we don't tend to have a lot of compassion we're like you should you should have figured this out by now you know Exactly, exactly. And it is, you know, for all of us, I feel adults, when we do have a quote unquote tantrum or we, we have a, a reaction to a situation that's like disproportionate to the event, mm-hmm. it often is a historical trauma. And guess what, right? Starts in childhood. So absolutely, like it gives me more, I can get less reactive or I can have a little more compassion. And doesn't mean again, like that we have to we can't excuse the behavior, right? Because they are adults, but we can at least like kind of have that little filter where it's, we don't have to like judge them maybe so much and Mm -hmm. yeah, take it personally, right? We don't have to. Well, and I think that the, the exchange ends up going so much better too, when you don't also come at it with your own reaction, you know, like, 
I think we don't have to confuse, um, what is it like, it's not, not even accepting, but like, um, condoning something with being compassionate about it. You know, you can, you, you can take the, you know, I don't know, fire torch from the child who's about to burn down the house right. without, you know, shame, for example, you know, yes. um, you can, you can diffuse a situation without like congratulating them. Yes, <laughs> or, exactly. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the same. It's exactly that. Yeah. And <laughs> we do that for ourselves too. Mm. That's the thing, right? Because when it's the person, the 60-year-old having the meltdown, but can we see that in ourselves? Because we're all having meltdowns, you know, maybe not all the time, but like a few times a year at least, right? And in a way of like being really hard on ourselves or very critical or going to guilt or taking it personally. And like, where is then pulling the thread? Like where, Mm. where is that my younger part that's really feeling disempowered or terrified or anxious yeah. you know about this and can we then offer the support to that younger part instead of trying to fix the outside situation mm-hmm. or that's or- such a great reminder too um that you you said we're gonna have several tantrums a year <laughs> I like that because I think I, I don't know it, this is my illusion perhaps but I think I imagined as a child or teenager there would be a certain point in my life where I would grow up and I wouldn't have, you know, and, and that has been a very disappointing belief because it's right. just not true. Yeah. It's not true because that would, and it's interesting, you know, we could explore like, what was your definition of growing up, right? Is mm. it to not have feelings, to not have emotions? That's what yeah. I would have thought. Right. I would have thought like, oh, a grown up is just very self-possessed and they know yeah. exactly what the truth is. They know what's happening. They have the answer to everything. because that's in a way what we expect our parents to be right which but was which wasn't what they were which is so interesting when I think back and I'm like why would I think that that's what an adult was when that (laughs) was not modeled for me at all that's so interesting it must have been from like tv shows or like I don't know assuming what other parents were like or something because it definitely wasn't in my family no it's like an idealized version I guess that we hold somehow yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow well I think we, I think we unpacked those cards pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for, um, thanks for joining me. Unfortunately, Edie, or well, not unfortunately she was here, but, um, she couldn't make it today, even though we had, we had expected her to, um, and, uh, I'm sure she would have some awesome things to say about it. So maybe I'll bring her back on and we can do, uh, um, a whole episode. Actually, you know, I'd love to learn more about the other things that she does too, because she's a amazing um multi-talented artist right so yeah you could talk to her she's like has this whole new series now about dreams and exploring like this whole realm so that could be interesting what kind of series you mean like a a... she was she has an exhibit in uh next to where she lives in upstate new york um, like hudson valley and it's a whole new series of paintings that she has created over the past few months like there's one called yoga nidra there's it's all about the realm of exploring the different facets of ourselves and so it's really cool yeah oh yeah i'll definitely do that okay well 
do you want to share with everyone how they can learn more about what you do and my website is my Nina and INA and then Montgendre, my last name. And I'm sure I will I'll put link it there. It. Hard to spell. <laughs> so you can work with me one-on-one and, um, and there are a lot of free resources as well and different guided meditations based on the deck. And of course, Porter's wonderful music and these interviews are there as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Nina. And Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes that really helps also there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast 
in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.